What is up, everybody? Craig Adams here. Welcome to the podcast. You know, uh, to, I just uploaded a video, um, Paris travel film. It's about five hours ago this morning. If you haven't seen it, it would help to to watch that before listening to the rest of this. Uh, I've been trying to figure out what I want my podcast to be, and it's easy to just copy everyone else and do interviews, etc. But I've been thinking about the format of podcasts and I've listened to a bunch of different types and and some that have pre-recorded sections, interviews and spliced together. So multiple people in different episode in the same episode. And the more I think about what I want like a more detailed podcast to look like, the more it just becomes like a YouTube video. So I think about like, oh, I want to make a podcast about how to make money on YouTube. And then the more I think about like, oh, I could interview these three people and then splice together the best moments and then talk about it. It just makes me want to shoot a YouTube video. So it's a good thing that I'm seeing the similarities between podcasts and YouTube, but I'm also realizing what makes the strong, the the strengths of podcasts are the one take wonders, the authenticity, the long just streams of consciousness that's a tough word. I have a speech impediment and that is one of my trouble words. So if you're listening to this while running, while driving, or just chilling with some some air AirPods in, uh, sit back and strap in. This is going to be me talking about that film for a while. So let's get into it. Yeah, the Paris travel film. I want to talk about you know what it was like leading up to the trip, shooting it, editing, and then finally my thoughts uh, for while uploading. So the reason I went on that trip was because uh, Carlos from For Love's Sake, a, a wedding conference in Europe, uh, wanted me to come and speak for their Rotterdam. Uh, conference they've been doing they just did one in barcelona actually uh, like a i think a month ago and we were talking about that one but then it got pushed so he was like yeah come to rotterdam in april it'll be sick i was like cool okay so that was all paid for of course i'm gonna go out and talk about wedding stuff at first i was a little hesitant because i'm not shooting weddings anymore i think it's i think it's coming up on exactly one year since i've shot a wedding and it's so far in the rearview mirror that it would be a little strange to talk to a, a room full of wedding filmmakers. But then I realized, you know, I should, like any speech, any kind of presenter thing, uh, you just need to talk about what you know. And it's super easy. You know, it shouldn't be, you, you kind of get nervous a little bit before, but as soon as I'm up on stage, I'm fine. But in the planning process, I, I was like, I'm going to talk about wedding film school. And Carlos was cool with that. You know, he thought they would be an interesting topic. Um, I tried to reach out to my audience a little bit more with the idea that, you know, I did wedding film school. It helped me a lot. Um, you should try to build a community in your own way your own wedding film school, no matter, you know, regardless of what that looks like, big or small, if it's just an Instagram account or whatever, um, with the biggest (laughs) endeavor being shoot some behind the scenes, shoot some tutorials, you know, start to show your face and your personality to your couples. Uh, so that was pretty easy to talk about. I was excited. Um, 
Yeah, but it was just awesome to get the chance to go to mainland Europe. You know, I've been to Stockholm, which I guess is technically mainland Europe, and I've been to London, but I've never been to France or Netherlands or anything like that. So I was super pumped, especially because India was able to take off time. So we had like three or four days planned in Rotterdam, and we tacked on an extra one or two days before and a whole, I, I grabbed a whole week after. So I was out there for like, what, 12 or almost two weeks. Uh, so it was like a good, awesome trip because it's super easy just to fly into Paris. And we planned on doing, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. I, I want to go through, but um, as far as the gear that I was planning to bring, uh, if you watch the film, you know that I had that beholder, uh, which sucked. So right before I left for the trip, I went, I ran over to B&H, grab some things and I just you know I, I try I wanted to try the beholder I assumed that it would be able to fit my camera and lens but it just did not in the way that I wanted it which sucked especially because being a minimalist I tried to pack as lightly as possible but I had this huge case heavy thing this big gimbal and then I also had my a rental that B&H sent me the Sony a7 III to test and I just didn't end up wanting to use it at all. Like it was just too much for the trip. So I was lugging around that extra camera body and that entire gimbal case the entire trip and didn't get to use any of it. So it's just, oh, no, it drives me crazy. So other than that, everything else worked fine. Um, I would have really liked to use a gimbal for travel stuff. So as soon as I got back from the trip, I bought a Zion Crane too. And got finally got my base plates all correct so I can just transfer from the Joby to the gimbal instantly, you know, quickly instead of having to screw uh, screw on and off base plates like I had to do in Tokyo in my Japan trip. Uh, so I feel really, really good about having the, the one-two punch, the, the Joby handheld uh, and then the Zion Crane with a 16 to 35 for both. Quick aside, I, I upgraded from the F4 to the 2.8, and I think I'm going to switch back. So I thought I wanted the 2.8 and the, the new, more expensive lens. It's like $1,000 more expensive, and you get the 2.8. It's, it's not fly-by-wire, so that was a change. Um, and it's just a little bit bigger, a little bit heavier, but it's just not worth it. The biggest thing that I realized is that uh, with a wide wide lens like that, the Sony cameras have really good face detection, but you need a lens that can autofocus really quickly. And the 2.8, even though it's a more expensive, better lens, uh, it's just not good for that specific thing. When I'm doing selfies, like I want the camera to instantly, you know, snap to my face with the autofocus and give me the white box. Um, but with this new, more expensive lens, it takes longer which is something I, I got used to, you know, so I, whenever I would do a selfie, I would let it, I would give it an extra two to three seconds, which is the longest time when you're holding a big camera like that in public at your face. So it makes a difference. So I'm definitely, as soon as I get back from this next trip, definitely going to switch that lens with someone. So Daniel on Twitter is actually uh, going to swap. We're going to swap lenses. So looking forward to that. Okay, back to the back to the normal scheduled stuff. I've got Final Cut open in front of me. 
First, can I just fucking rant about fi- the Final Cut update? Was it 10.4.1 update? Uh, wasn't necessary. Didn't really add anything I wanted. All it did was just make this bug where I kind of want to open it up so I can read exactly what they say here. Let me just punch open the App Store right here. Go to updates because it's hilarious. It says... This new update that I just fixed the bug, but it said fixes an issue in which selecting multiple clips using the shift key or marquee selection could inadvertently select other clips in the timeline. This was pissing me off so fucking much. I knew that it was happening. I didn't know why. And so so let me slow down. I'm editing my normal way. You know, I'm my computer can keep up with me. It's wonderful. I just edit, edit, edit a lot of hotkeys. I move, everything works. I update Final Cut X to this new update and clips start disappearing and fucking moving around and just doing shit that they're not supposed to at all. You know, like I'm not even near this clip. I don't touch this clip, but then when I get back to it, the music underneath and the clip is gone. So it's just like so frustrating because it was seemingly random so i would literally have to do a lot more review and waves just to make sure that nothing was wrong because you can't just assume it was just so frustrating it took me the longest time wrapping up this edit to realize that there was like three or four clips that i just entirely got disappeared got deleted and then I just like didn't realize it. So it took me the longest time to like figure out why the music wasn't lining up perfectly. So holy shit. So that they just made a patch. It's all fixed now, but damn, man. Frustrating. Really, really frustrating. Cool. So I have found a cut open. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. So I actually have the Colorado super vlog uh, footage still in my final cut. So I still have the, the footage from that because I wanted to do maybe one or two more uh, behind the scenes, like tutorials based on that footage. Uh, but I definitely want to like check that out just to get rid of that footage. I don't like holding on cause it's like maybe a hundred, 200 gigabytes of footage. It's like a couple days of shooting. Same thing with this Europe. So, you know, my hard drive, my one terabyte, I don't know what it is right now, but it's definitely filling up. Let me open the storage of about my Mac and see. Yeah. So I've got, I've got 350 gigabytes um, available. So with the Colorado super vlog and the Europe vlog, and I actually have a couple other small projects kicking around in my final cut. Uh, I'm using up, you know, a couple hundred gigabytes. So it's about that time to wrap up Colorado. So you might see one more video coming up real quick about that. So, okay. I have the timeline in front of me. It's a 12 minute video. Let's just go through it real quick. Um, so yeah, uh, the, the shots of me just like talking in a, in a room with like the wide shot, uh, I like them cause they're static. You know, I, I go back and forth with what I like, uh, me walking, doing the selfie talking stuff or, um, me sitting somewhere with just a static shot that I can jump cut a bunch. Well, I can jump cut both, but you know, it's, it's, it's exposition. It's me talking. It's, it's me doing things. And sometimes India just packing around the edges. <laughs> she would always laugh because she just like saw herself like doing stuff on the edges. Um, yeah, I like it. The biggest downside is audio. It's really tough. 
when you're doing a selfie walking talking near uh, exposition uh, shot the microphone is right in front of your mouth so it sounds great that's why you do it uh, but with shots like the opening for the vlog um, you're further away from the camera you know the better it's usually a better shot if you're further away from the mic which is the inverse of what you want so I'm actually considering bringing a little wireless kit, the Sennheiser AVX, uh, for travel films like this. For when I when I have some time, I want to sit down and talk and do these little interview exposition shots. Um, and it would be perfect if I could be further away from the camera, but then have beautiful audio, you know, a hidden microphone. I think that would be good because there's, you know, the, at least once or twice a day, I want to give these exposition shots. So. I just want that good audio. <laughs> so you might see that coming up. Uh, yeah, I barely know French. I took six years in, in high school uh, or five years or something like that. And I barely know it. I can read it, but when I have to like converse with people to their face, absolutely terrible. So I was making fun of India the entire time. So most we, we got some food. Um, most of this vlog is us eating. But honestly, that's what we do. That's what's fun. It's it's nice going to another place and eating cool food and going out and doing that. And fuck it. It's my film. It's my home videos. So I'm going to shoot what I want. And food is a big part of it. And I feel like, you know, I'm starting to try to link where the places that I go to drink, eat, visit, whatever in the description below. Now, I also mark them on my Google map with a list, my favorites. I'm going to make that list public very soon and tag that into my videos and just make it a thing that people can follow. Uh, so I want people to follow and, and visit the places that I visit on their own more. So I think that's going to be a bigger part of it. I'm also thinking about reaching out to all, every single place that I link after I upload a video like this, just to say, hi, loved your stuff. Your staff was awesome. Had a great experience. By the way, here's a video. I, I really, you know, support your establishment or your place, your coffee shop in the video. So thanks. And who knows, you know, that might be a light sponsorship. It, they might just be like, hey, thanks. They might not respond, but you never know. Maybe a hotel will want me to come back or even pay me for some kind of sponsorship. So that's something that I, I really want to start doing. And it goes hand in hand with me, you know, making my subscribers know that the links are there if they want to figure out where I am. Because uh, the more people click on those links, the more I'll have uh, better sponsors and better, better sponsorship opportunities. Okay, so scrolling through here, coffee, cheese, cafes. Let me tell you about this. I don't know what it was called, but... Um, it's really funny because I saw most random thing, the new Mission Impossible trailer for the new movie coming out. I don't know what it's called, but there's a bunch of scenes in Paris. And I didn't realize it watching the, the trailer, but going to Paris and now coming back and rewatching the trailer because I saw in Infinity War last night and they had a trailer for the, the Mission Impossible movie. I noticed almost all the locations. It was so crazy. Like... Uh, so we at the Kitsume uh, Cafe right next is like a big palace garden. And, you know, Tom Cruise is speaking right in the row of trees. And it's just really funny. And like the, I don't know, I just, 
immediately, like one after another, all the locations just I visited, I saw, I saw them. So it was cool. Yeah. All right. So we're visiting breweries. We're walking around. Um, I would say a lot more. I probably had the crop marks for 2.35 one aspect ratio up on my screen for a lot of these shots for the most, for most of the trip, but I ended up not using it. I'm starting to like kind of move away from that a little bit and just appreciate the full 16 by nine aspect ratio. Uh, yeah, I guess it's just like a trend that goes in and out and, uh, it seems a bit trendy right now. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm not saying that I'm not going to do it anymore, but yeah. So we're eating breakfast. Um, yeah, that was so nice. We spent like an hour there just because it was like a sleepy Sunday morning. Paris was just waking up. We thought it was like dead. There was like no one around. It was crazy. Um, but I, I go through these moods of where I want to just like enjoy an experience. And then I, I don't feel like shooting, but then I'll be inspired again and want to shoot. So I don't know. I, I, I at this moment, I was kind of like not feeling it a little bit. Uh, there were a lot of things we saw that I did not film. So it's just it's just whatever I'm feeling. And I will also say with this B-roll after that, uh, it's pretty flat. It's weird. It's like I kept changing uh, the picture profile throughout the entire trip. I was testing different picture profiles just because I wanted to, you know, I didn't really do any LUTs, any color correction to most of these shots, only if it looked like absolutely terrible. So I was testing things. I was using some weird picture profiles and I kind of want to just go back to using standard default. I'm a huge fan of just standard Sony default with contrast ticked down once. Uh, I think the colors, the contrast, you know, it just works. I'd, I'd rather just focus on what I see on camera and not have to color correct after the fact. I, I just want things to look natural. Uh, yeah. So leaving that hotel, little Google map, you know, when I, it, it's tough when I'm driving because I can't shoot anything. It's way different than when I'm on a trip with Curtis because he's driving and I can shoot like context and, and travel driving shots, but there's a huge, you know, there's a huge gap from leaving the hotel, got to the airport and then from the airport already in Rotterdam. And I will say we, we stopped at a cute little weird diner. It was like a train and those shots were weird just because of flicker, uh, way more than America, way more than anywhere else. The lights were giving off flickers all throughout Europe. I don't know if it's a, French thing or Netherlands, like Dutch thing. I don't know. So this apartment that we got to super minimal, super awesome. The city was great. So many bikes. It was great getting to see everybody. Um, you know, I didn't shoot too much with the Daniel Callan and Christine when we were hanging out just cause we're drinking and chilling, you know, I, I want to act cool when I got my camera. I don't want to be like that lame vlogger type. Getting up on the roof is just a classic. Got to do that for sure. It's very relaxing to be up there droning. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I made the drone and posted the drone video. So I talk all about the droning in Europe and all that stuff. Uh, so go watch that previous upload if you want to hear about drone stuff. I'll just skip over that for now. Uh, but we really wanted to stay 
at this apartment, uh, this Airbnb. I put a link to that exact one in the description. Highly recommended, awesome spot. But we only got that for one night because we booked it ourselves. Then the conference booked us this other place, which, to be honest, was the worst hotel I've ever stayed at. Easy hotel, just it was a miserable experience. Um, yeah, if the conference had given us a stipend for the hotel, we would have absolutely double, like, spent double the amount they spent on us just to like be in a spot. Because when I'm traveling, I want a nice experience. Like, I don't want to stay at the cheapest. This was the cheap cheap of the cheap. And uh, I don't want to complain, but fuck. It was terrible. Um, just knocking about the city. Eating, 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 drinking. Best coffee. Whenever I go to a new spot, that's usually what I do. I'll, I'll Google search best coffee. Um, because one that tells you coffee spots. It also gives you spots for Wi-Fi in case you need that. But then also the best coffee shops in the city are usually the best areas of the city. So there's usually cool stuff around the coffee shops because coffee's hip with the kids. It's where the culture's at right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we had a bunch of days in Rotterdam, had a lot of fun. Uh, didn't get to talk to too many people, didn't do too much wedding stuff. Cause I'll be honest, like I just, it has been a while since I've talked to wedding people in the thick of it and just like been surrounded by that culture. It was a bit jarring. It was a bit strange to be back in that. So, uh, it was nice talking and hanging with all the speakers, amazing people shooting amazing films. You know, I've, I've met up with Remy um before and the first time meeting went in reverie which is cool uh but yeah got to see a cat <laughs> the dinner we had that night with all the speakers at the italian place was amazing 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 uh so speaking at a movie theater was very cool very near and dear to my heart it felt uh, a little it felt inglorious bastards. Is that bad to say? <laughs> Maybe it's bad to say. It was European. I don't know. We don't. It, it was like definitely an old movie theater. Yeah. It was like cool. I liked it. The Bajer Moosh Diner Place was definitely like American. And I didn't realize it at the time, but it's like Bill, Bill Murray themed. Someone pointed that out to me on Instagram, but it makes sense because there were like Bill Murray themed posters on the wall, like movie posters and like jokes but yeah jeremush apparently is bill murray related some kind of character or something i don't know so i went up to speak it's like an hour-long speech uh powerpoint kind of thing i definitely was a bit different than all the other speakers i'm a weird guy i was talking about non-wedding stuff i was the only person that didn't shoot weddings up there so you know how it is but i love the transition from me speaking to beautiful nature afterwards that het park oh so glad i found that we we hung out there so much and i'd say one of the best places to go in rotterdam is that little cafe well it's not little it's like a little outdoor cafe at the park uh so nice sitting out in the beautiful sun and green grass 
a lot of kids playing around and dogs and bikes. Um, nice little coffee, little finger food. Uh, and then just walking around the city. Super hipster area, the the Phoenix Food Factory. Um, so Brooklyn. <laughs> it felt like we were back, in, back home. Uh, very, very hipster. The city's beautiful, though. Apparently, you know, a lot of Dutch people who lived in Rotterdam loved pointing out the, the fact that the city was bombed in the war. So it was, like, rebuilt a lot, which makes sense because it definitely did not feel like Bruges at all. Um, but it was nice. We walked around a ton. You know, that that's what you do when you travel. You walk and walk and walk and walk. Um, and then, you know, straight from those shots, and we're in Bruges already, you know, no driving shots. Uh, it was fine. I was, I was a little worried about renting a car, but, you know, we they drive in France, Belgium, and Netherlands on the right side, and it was pretty standard, and the signs are easy to understand kilometers are easy um but yeah not a single cop i don't know if it's a european thing but i did not see a single police car at all for that entire drive we were driving for like 11 hours total round trip and everyone was speeding everyone was just going whatever speed they want people told me that there's like cameras but Eh, whatever <laughs> maybe maybe in a couple weeks i'm gonna get like a huge bill but i was going like uh, 100 miles an hour at some point yeah for sure so in bruges god damn that city old and beautiful it would be really really cool to like bike around or run or walk around if there were no people holy shit so many tourists old people americans and a lot of europeans and just everyone walking around being old being tourists like all the shops so insanely tourist Tor- tourist tourist that's a tough word as well i didn't shoot too much um it was kind of hot you know we were we were tired and we were definitely rushed i didn't have any time to fly the drone at all which i should have done it wouldn't have been that hard and there were like awesome parks that we wanted to go to we didn't have time to do that we were just rushing around and then got cheese and beer, of course. So we went back to that airport, dropped off the car. Damn, we took that that route a bunch. We should have just Ubered because it wouldn't have been that bad splitting the cost. Uh, but yeah, a lot more Paris B-roll. Airbnb was awesome. Um, I was trying to make an effort to shoot more manual uh especially to control the white balance you know i'm i'm always trying it's always a delicate balance of trying to just shoot and capture the moment as it happens uh or like a preemptive strike like i'm gonna dial in my settings i'm ready for this i know what white balance i need for this next moment um learning a lot about color and reflections and how uh, reflections affect color so obviously if you have a yellow tinted wall and natural light is coming in, it's going to change the color. So you can't just go like daylight if it's daylight. You have to look at the the colors of the surfaces that light is bouncing off of. So I'm, I'm starting to learn a little more inc- inc- interest. Oh, fuck. Intricacies. Yep. There we go. Word uh, like that. 
So walking around, I just, I would have really liked the gimbal. I think the gimbal Joby one-two punch is fantastic for stuff like this because we're walking. I hate having to stop and, and shoot because it's just like a photograph. It's just like a s static shot of something. And having the gimbal, the slight motion in just kind of changes the game. It, it makes it way more interesting. And you saw that in the, the Japan vlog. And I think that's why people liked it and resonated with it. Uh, the cinematography, at least the, the, the funny, quick, you know, my reaction, my thoughts with the Joby turned on myself and other people, uh, matched with in contrast with the slow push in beautiful wide motion shots. So it's on lock. I'm going to California in a couple of days and I'm going to shoot another travel film out there. Going to San Sony Kanto, Kando 2, a big conference for Sony photographers, filmmakers. So you'll get to see that uh, in action finally. And I want to talk about the setup and how to, why I use it and how to do it yourself, but I definitely want to use it on a travel film. So I have footage and I'm not just talking out of my ass. So yeah, the cat. Oh, the cat was so cute. We went up to this bookstore, like totally popular. You know, it's like a very popular area, well-known bookstore, Shakespeare company. But there's just this cat sleeping on a little chair. And I think the sign said something like, please don't pet me. I'm super tired. I was up all night reading or something like that. Oh, so cute. The cat just chills. Technically, they have signs up that are like, please don't film in here or take photographs because I'm sure they get so many like Instagrammers and people trying to do that, uh, which, of course, we broke that rule. But we're respectful about it. <laughs> we're in hassles. Uh, yeah, walking around. We saw a lot that I didn't film. But man, the, the, the palace next to the Louvre, the what is it? The terrace or whatever. Beautiful. I don't know how French people do it because coming from Paris, if you come to New York and you're French, you must think that our parks are just like, like trash, like actual trash. Like, like parks and gardens in Paris were for the royalty and then they transitioned to the public. So they're just full of art. They're beautiful. They're amazing. And then New York is just whatever. Even the buildings, like just walking around Paris, every building is beautiful and old and makes you want to stop and look at it and wonder what it used to look like. It's just way different having buildings more than 200 years old. And I, I appreciate that about Europe. Like it makes me stop and look at everything. Whereas New York is just, it's all new. It's all crap. It's all... It's all function. There's no history and beauty to it. So I, I really appreciated that about Paris. I got that sense in London, but holy crap. Paris is like beautiful architect architecture uh, and so different than anything else I've seen in the world. So that was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So India lived in Paris for a couple of months at some point doing school stuff. Speaks wonderful French. So she was doing all the talking <laughs> and I was just like harassing her with my terrible French 
c'était scribble français. Um, mon, mon français scribble. <laughs> like just doing that to her ear the entire time. Uh, but she worked at a museum off of that park in the area. The, the terrace. Terrace de Pomme. I don't know. Uh, we didn't go to that one, but we went to the museum next to it, the the one that has all of Monet's water lily murals. That was beautiful. That was once in a lifetime. Super glad I did that. It, I I like museums and I like galleries and stuff, but I would never really go to them on my own. And since knowing India, we go to way more, and I have come to appreciate it a lot. So. When I travel to new places, visiting their best art galleries is definitely something I want to do. Because one, it's super relaxing and awesome, beautiful. But it teaches you a lot about their culture if you slow down and read and think. Uh, so it was that was a great experience. The end of the trip, you know, it wrapped up pretty quickly. I didn't film too much. It was a weird trip for me. I don't know. It was weird. Especially after India left, I really stopped filming. Uh, but we visited her friends on the outskirts of the city, and I finally got a chance to drone while in France. I'll tell you, though, driving back, I wanted to stop and drone so much because anyone who drives between Belgium and France and Paris knows that there are a shit ton of windmills. So many windmills. They're beautiful. But then there were also just like these very quaint countryside little towns that we were passing and i wanted to stop and drone and just to see them so badly but we we're on a time crunch just with the rental car and india was like legit sleeping the entire time i was driving so i didn't want to wake her up um yeah i really regret not doing that we we had plans to on our way back to paris to stop in bruges and dunkirk i wanted to see the english channel which I'd never seen before. And I wanted to see a beach in, you know, Dunkirk. I want to see Dunkirk <laughs> just because I've seen the movie. But that's something that I told her. The only, <laughs> I, I've seen Europe in movies, but like the only Europe that I know, like building wise and country wise and how it looks and feels is from war games. As weird as that sounds, I grew up playing PS2 and Xbox and PC and playing Call of Duty and Medal of Honor and those games. And most of them had campaigns that were based in World War II. And you would legit like begin at Normandy and, and go through all these towns and you would walk through and see. And that was how I knew Europe and France. So I kind of wanted to see that in person to debunk whatever I thought, my misconceptions or whatever. So the next time, you know, I saw a lot of the city, a lot of Paris. So I'd love to visit the countryside and see the rest of France. I think I might be at Cannes uh, for the film festival coming up. So it would be cool to see the Mediterranean for the first time, but I'm sure the Mediterranean France is so different than Paris and then so different than English Channel uh, Paris. Paris is pretty interesting. Fascinated. But yeah, India left, and I listened to a lot of podcasts. I ran. I walked around a ton, and I didn't film that much, uh, but it was nice. 
course I end with end the vlog with my Instagram stories outro, which I still stand behind. I think that's how I get my Instagram followers, and I think it's a great way to end it, just to show like the different clips and photos that I shot. It's like a another layer of BTS in in context, and you know I I shot them, so why not just put them in the end of the vlog there? It's a nice little way to add some music and close out any travel videos. But yeah, so I actually edited the ins and outs. I don't know. I should like define terms for this because it's not really a rough cut. I cut the ins and outs of the clips uh, on the flight back, which was like a six hour flight or something like that. So it was pretty easy. And I think I had 25 minutes of rough footage at that point which I edited down to 10 minutes, not counting the Instagram stories. So 25 minutes was turned into 10 minutes, which is interesting. You know, it, it, it explains how much editing went into uh, tightening the clips, getting rid of bad clips. And it says a lot about the effectiveness of my shooting and also editing storytelling. So that's an interesting metric to think about the ratio of rough cut like shot footage to rough to ins and outs rough and then edited fully edited uh, and then also how long it takes you to edit from the ins and outs to the rough to the final uh, I kind of like most times as soon as I'm back from my trip I just kind of want to get away from the footage a little bit I would love to in a perfect world wrap up every single edit the ins and outs at least on the plane and then once I get home I just spend the entire day cleaning unpacking and then editing the video because it would be cool to get the video up the day after I get back but alas moving towards it so I think this is five or six days after I got back but hey not bad ready for my next trip inbox zero baby project zero baby <laughs> uh I feel good like I say, it's my home videos, just my own stupid little video stuff that I want to shoot. I'm not shooting it for the views, not shooting it for that bullshit. So anyone who watches is just following along the journey, and I'm very grateful for that. But I'm just shooting what I want to remember because these are wonderful little memories. I love rewatching these things, showing my family and rewatching with India. Um, so this will be a nice little piece to keep and, and to watch. Uh, I used a lot of Phantom <laughs> Thread because I watched Phantom Thread on the plane ride home. And I love that movie. I'm such a sucker for British period pieces. Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah, man, he's he's my dude. So I was really inspired by that movie to use the music. But once you use music like that, of course, you're giving away the AdSense. So not making any direct money from this, um, only making money through the links which, as always, just putting my kit with the gear, but I'm not focusing on that as much anymore. I'm just trying to, I don't know, just just trying to grow, not trying to monetize as much, but I make it easy. So all the places I visited, the people I met, and the tools I used are there in link form for people to check out on their own, but I'm not pushing it. 
before I was talking about, well, it's something I've been working towards, which is like not cross promoting. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job uh, of not posting that I have an Instagram <laughs> post on Facebook or that I have a new YouTube video on Instagram. Like I'll, I'll tell the story of me editing on Instagram stories, but I'm not going to just blast on Instagram blast on Twitter that I, I finished this video and it's ready to watch. Like I'm not doing that anymore. And I feel pretty good about the, the effect I want Twitter to just be my thoughts and text form. I want Instagram to be Instagram stories telling the story with photo and video every so often posting a photo that marks an update. Uh, and then YouTube is just video. And I'm like up on podcasts for these long ass rants like this. You, you get a, you get a inside see into the thoughts of Craig. Although there is a lacking of feedback with these podcasts. I'd love to know what you think, uh, in the YouTube video comment section would be best. I like comments on YouTube because other people can see your comments and it's all related. You know, it's weird if you talk about something else on that video comment thread, you know, you got to keep it and <laughs> you got to keep it within line. But if, you know, Twitter is just like anything goes, anyone can tweet me anything. And then no one really sees all the messages I get on Instagram stories. Instagram stories are odd. I don't know. I, I kind of think about turning off the ability to send messages with Instagram stories just because they're so hidden. Um, I don't know. It's an interest, interesting thought. Like what if YouTube comments were just one-to-one -one and other people couldn't see the other comments? It'd be way different, but that's, that's what Instagram stories is. So it, I don't know. I'm thinking about that, but it is what it is. A, what else? Um, yeah, there's there's a couple more things. Damn. How long we've we been recording. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um I'm going to wrap up right here. You guys are awesome. Uh you 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 subscribers who care about my stuff, my stupid little videos. So, I thank you. I thank you. Uh so, thank you.